You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. All right, guys, so I want to share with you um, about hell and what scripture has to say about it. You know, if you look at scripture, you'll see that Jesus spent more time literally warning people about the horrors of hell than he did comforting them with the hope of heaven. And I know it's very popular to talk about heaven. Heaven is this destination that we go to where he wipes away every tear from our eyes. Where we're embraced by loved ones who went before us that have, have received Christ. And, and, and we talk about the hope of heaven. But if you look at scripture and you total up the times that Jesus talked about heaven versus the time he talked about hell, you'll find that Jesus spent more time warning people about the horrors of hell than he did comforting them with the hope of heaven. And I find it very strange that at most churches, you'll hear more talk about heaven than you do about hell. You know, at at most most, uh, evangelistic services in stadiums, we fill stadiums and we talk about the hope of heaven, but never the horrors of hell. It's time that we counterbalance this back. It's time that we give the reality of this back. You know, the concept of a real conscious forever and ever existence in hell is just as biblical hear me, as a real conscious forever and ever existence in heaven. And so trying to separate them, trying to separate them is simply not possible from a biblical standpoint. I recently did a video on my YouTube channel that you can check out about a celebrity. And this celebrity was talking about her her experience taking, um, you know, really what she was doing was she was taking uh, a concoction of uh, different substances. And she was talking about a metaphorical hell. Oftentimes that's what happens is you'll have people like Megan Fox. They will reduce hell to a mental experience. And they'll talk about it in that way that hell is just this, it's this mental prison that we live in. It's a, it's an emotional experience that we have. You know, and it's weird that despite the Bible's clear teaching of both heaven and hell, it's it's not unusual for people to believe in the reality of heaven, but they either reject the reality of hell or they reduce it down to just a mental or emotional experience. You know, in part, I think that's due to our wishful thinking. You know, it's easier to accept the idea of this nice afterlife, you know, that we're all going to be joined together, but, but damnation isn't quite so appealing. And so people move in the direction of their emotions. They move in the direction of their, of their feelings and they reject a clear and biblical understanding, you know, rejection of the existence of hell can also be blamed on inaccurate assumptions about what hell really is. And that's why what I've done is I've gone through the scriptures for you and I've actually taken these scriptures, I've curated them. So many of you have not read all 66 books of the canonized Bible, but I've done it for you and I've taken a journey through the scriptures and I'm going to read to those scriptures and tell you that the Bible actually gives very few particulars about hell, but what it does tell us gives us a picture that's different than what you might have heard in popular culture. 
you know, are you getting something out of this? If you're learning something right now, I need to see a thumbs up and I need you to just tell me in the chat right now that what I'm saying, give me an amen, drop it in the chat right now. You know, hell is frequently imagined as a burning wasteland, a dungeon full of cauldrons and pitchforks and this underground city filled with ghosts and goblins. You know, popular depictions of hell often involve a flaming torture chamber, this spiritual jail where evil things reside. You know, it's, it's something that it fills all of our imaginations around the world. And, and it's where, you know, somehow these good things travel to battle evil. And, you know, th this version of hell does not exist in scripture, guys. And I, I want to kind of start by debunking some things. You know, there is a real place called hell, but it's not this Dante's Inferno image that most people think of. As a matter of fact, I used to be an English teacher, which is crazy. I dropped out of high school, got a college degree to teach high school English, and within five years was teaching classes that I never took. <laughs> it's just part of my story. It's crazy, crazy part of my story, but I used to teach Dante's Inferno. And you know, what's funny is that this book, this work of literature became so popular popular. Okay. And, and as it became popular, what happened was people started to integrate a biblical understanding of hell with a literary, a literary depiction of hell. And so a lot of people, what they think in their mind is what hell is, is really coming from Dante's Inferno, which is a literary depiction of hell, not a biblical explanation of it. That's why this broadcast is so important. That's why this video that you're watching right now is so important. That's why you're tagging your friends and sharing and getting the word out now. And you've got to set these things right. The Bible actually gives us very few particulars about hell, but you know, we, we know that uh, and I'm just going to begin to teach and break this down. So if you're a note taker, get ready to take notes. Okay. Because I'm going to begin to separate now. Listen to me. I'm going to separate literary depictions, Hollywood depictions, movie depictions from biblical explanations. And I want you to be biblically literate, not Hollywood literate. And you've got to separate these things in your mind because there's what the movies say. There's what, there's what you see in, in literature. And then that's what the Bible says. Okay. We know I'm going to start with this. Number one, write this down in your notes. We know that it was originally intended for demonic spirits, not people. Okay. Matthew, where do we know this? Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. It says this. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, so Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 is a very clear understanding, okay, that he said to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for who? The devil and his angels, the devil and his angels. The original intention of hell was a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, the experience of being in hell now is compared. So now that we have that, that's why Jesus came to save you. Jesus came so that you might have life and life more abundantly. He came to deliver you from a, 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 a sentence of judgment, a, a realm called hell that was intended not for you, but intended for Satan and his minions, these demons. Okay, now I want to go a little bit, a little bit further now. We do have the experience of hell 
being compa- being compared to burning. Now, where do we see that? I want you to write this down. Mark chapter nine, verse 43. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I mean, the, the, this is how extreme Jesus taught going on a journey of sanctification. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Like, listen, there is a zero tolerance for sin. And, and say, it's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands going to hell to the unquenchable fire. Okay? To the unquenchable fire. That if you skip down to verse 48, I'm in Mark chapter 9, verse 48. It says, where, where there is worm, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So you have an explanation that there is burning and an unquenchable fire. You see this, okay? This is the standard that we're given. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, here's the thing. Christians who do not believe in hell are also the type of Christians do not, that do not preach and teach against sin. I want to say it louder for everybody watching this video. You know, everybody sitting in the back row of this global family that's hearing me right now. Preachers and teachers that do not believe in hell also become the preachers and teachers that do not confront sin. And that's why you have people bound in sin for years and years in life. And you've got them going to church, sitting in the pews, sitting in the seats, listening to this self-help guru, frou-frou, make you feel better, psychological preaching. That's Tony Robbins with a couple of scriptures added to it. But But see, what happens is when you confront sin, you are actually giving people access to the fullness of the reality of the cross. Because if there is no true sin, there is no true salvation. But if there is true sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so how can you receive the gift of God if you never needed it? I mean, it's very clear that sin has a consequence and you've got to speak to that preacher. If you're listening to me right now, do not be afraid to confront sin. Do not be afraid to, to repeat Matthew chapter nine, verse 43. And if your hand causes you to sin, just cut it off. It's better for your entire life for, for you to enter life crippled than two hands to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. Come on now, man. Can I get an amen in the chat? <laughs> And so in verse 48, it says where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. You know, a lot of, a lot of believers are too afraid to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in a 7-Eleven, in a grocery store, at a Walmart, in a Target, because something inside of them says, you know, you're going to look stupid. You're going to sound foolish. But if you believed in a literal hell, if you believed in a literal hell, the consequences that you know your friends and your family and your neighbors and your community are going to face are going to be greater than the consequences of timidity and fear. You know, it's like you're trying to say, man, I don't want to look stupid, but you'd say, well, I'm not afraid to look stupid because there's something that they're going to experience that I believe I have the solution for, which is the message of Jesus Christ, that you can be saved. Okay. I'm going to give you another scripture, Matthew chapter 18, verse nine. Are you still my friend? (laughs) Are you still my friend for, for me preaching the whole Bible? Matthew chapter 18, verse nine says, and if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell, the hell of fire. 
Now, this description that we have is the hell of fire, the hell of fire. Okay. And this is, this is something that we've got to, we've got to be, we've got to be bold. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Okay. This is Matthew chapter 18, verse nine. It's, it's basically saying, and if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Now, when you look at these scriptures, especially Matthew chapter 18, verse nine, there is this pendulum that is swinging on two ends of the extreme. On one side, you have entering life. And on the other side, you have the opposite, the hell of fire. So you've got to preach both. You've got to preach both. You've got to preach both. I'll tell you this right now. We live in a society that does not believe in hell. They don't, they believe that the only consequence they'll face is the one that they'll face in this life. They do not believe that there is a hell. There are countless stories of those who have, who have encountered hell. They have died and they didn't have a near death experience. They have an after death experience. As a matter of fact, there is already people in the comments saying that I died and went to a literal hell. I was resuscitated. I came back and I can report back to you. It is real. It is real. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. Here's your next scripture. Write this down. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. And he called out, Father Abraham. This is a story Jesus is giving us. Have mercy on us and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Okay? I am in anguish in this flame. This is real. This is real. How could you know what I just told you? How could you be responsible to what I just told you and not feel a desire inside of you to, to, to awaken everybody that you know to say, I do not, I do not want anybody to experience this. A comment in the chat by Vanessa says, I died and went also into some kind of pit of hell and I woke up saying help. I mean, literally that's in the chat right now. There's too many of these to, to even, there's too many of these to even uh, read. So many people experience this over and over and over again. But this would be something, you know, for me, oftentimes I don't live my life in the few, in the present looking to the future. People look into the present, they're in the presence, look, present looking to the future. Do I want to do it or not do it? I live my life in an imagined future looking backward to the present saying, do, does an older version of me wish that I did this? And that unlocks wisdom. It unlocks boldness for me. In other words, I think about me being on my deathbed often. And I ask myself, do I wish I would have made this decision? Do I wish I was bold enough? Do I wish I was, do I, do I wish that I, I and that helps me so much. It, it unlocks for a boldness for me. That's why Jesus said, my family are the ones who do the will of my father. Some of you are going to have to be so bold in this next season that, that your family becomes the family in these broadcasts. Your family becomes the family in these comments section, because you're going to have people that, that are in your own family who say, man, you've taken it too far. You, this is too crazy. What you've said, you know, if you've never experienced persecution, it's because you're preaching a watered down truth. And, and a watered down truth is no truth at all. It's a lie. 
If you're, if you're preaching heaven, but not hell, if you don't love your family enough to tell them what all these scriptures say, do you really love them? Because if you want to see them on the other side, if you want to see them, you've got to become bold like this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he literally called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm in anguish in this flame. If you love your family, you're, you're going to love them into the truth. Offend them all the way to heaven instead of people pleasing them to hell. I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. Come on, I just want to say that again. You need to start offending your friends and family all the way to heaven instead of people pleasing them all the way to hell. Come on, who is this for? I know your kids don't want to hear it, but you can't have their blood on your hands anymore. I know your coworkers don't want to hear it, but you can't have their blood on your hands anymore. Look, I got a sweat working up right now. Let me keep going. So I just gave you scriptures where hell is compared to flames. But I want to give you now a comparison where actually hell is, is compared to darkness, okay? Because this is going to help you, okay? Because there's also a darkness. There's also a darkness. Matthew chapter 22 Verse 13, then the, then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot, cast him into outer darkness in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is, there's a comparison to, to uh, darkness, darkness, man, you know, I, I have never been to hell. I have not had that experience, but I will tell you this. One time I was in intense prayer and I was interceding and I was praying and all of a sudden this darkness began to envelop me. I believe the Lord took me in a vision and all of a sudden it was a darkness where you, I couldn't even see my hand. I mean, inches away from my face. And this was, this was coming over me so strongly. I couldn't even see my hand literally in front of my face, but I was having this vision and it, I began to feel claustrophobic and I believe the Lord was giving me a vision a vision of the darkness of hell, a darkness of hell. You see this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 13. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness there where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then in Matthew chapter eight, verse 12, there's this associated grief. Let me read this scripture to you. And it says, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness in this place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, weeping and gnashing of teeth, weeping for what? Weeping for the times that they sat in services where a call to salvation was given, where you could, could actually act on Romans chapter 10, verse nine, that says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart and you will be saved. But they ignored it. The time where they made fun of churches, made fun of pastors. They, when they gossiped and they, they were backbiting, they, they're weeping for what they're weeping for the time that they missed it. 
They're weeping it for the time that, that, they, that they knew the truth, that they knew it, but they're going to be weeping. They're going to say, man, I, I, there was a part of me that knew that it was true. There was a part of me that knew that the things of God was true, but I didn't do it. I was rebellious. I was disobedient. They're going to weep. They're going to weep for that. They're going to say, I heard the preacher. They're going to weep for the time that they scrolled past the sermon on Facebook. They scroll, where they were too busy, too busy with the, trying to build their businesses than to concern themselves with God's business, business of building the kingdom. They're going to weep. They're going to cry. They're going to be in darkness. They're going to be in, they're going to, they're going to be in the place of gnashing of teeth. I believe that the greatest consequence of hell is for those who know the truth, but did not obey it. The ones who said, I was too busy with my own agenda. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to pray. I didn't have the time to read my Bible. I didn't even have the time. I, I was selfish. I was, I was doing my own thing. And, 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 and the ones who, man, I feel the anointing on this, man. There's not enough people talking about this. It's so clear. There's a scripture in math, Mark, Mark chapter nine, verse 44, that says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I've given you multiple scriptures from the gospels. It says that you, you'd rather come into the next life crippled than with two hands going, than with two full hands going to hell into the unquenchable fire. Now we know that, that you're not going to go into heaven crippled. But he was trying to make a, a point. He was trying to make a point. It's that real. You know, everybody wants to see the demon slayers cast out demons. Well, what do you think the point of it is? Everybody wants me to pray for them so that their sick bodies are healed. What do you think the point is? You think that, that your physical body is the only body you're going to have? There's another reality. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, a new glorified body you have. What do you think the point of casting demons out? It's to herald the, the kingdom has come. It's here among you. It's real. And you've got to open your eyes to this. It's, it's so real that if you miss it, hell is the consequence of not paying attention to the reality of the kingdom that's here now. Huh. Man, I feel this with, I feel this, I feel this. Why do you think we cast demons out? Because those demons are trying to get you to go to the same place that was destined for them. Oh, I feel the power of God all over me with this one. The demons that I cast out on a near daily basis as we're doing deliverances around the world, they are trying to take you to the place that God destined for them. Hear me, hear me. I'm telling you guys, I feel fire all over me as I, as I preach this. Here's the thing. The Bible tells us only what hell is like. It does not explicitly say that hell, what hell is or how it even really functions. But the, what, what the Bible does, I just want you to hear this. What the Bible does make clear is that hell is real. Hell is eternal and it is to be avoided at all costs. That's what we know. 
Do not believe people who sow the seed of doubt about the reality of hell. Oh, it's metaphorical. Oh, it's temporary. Jesus did not say it's temporary. He told, he repeat, I read you all the scriptures out of the mouth of Jesus. If you had an old enough Bible, those letters I read you are in red to indicate that Jesus said them himself. Hell is eternal. And, and, I'm, and this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 through 30. Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 through 30 tells you over and over. You can read it through the Gospels, but that scripture in particular in verse 30 says, and if, you're, if your right hand causes you to sin, it says this, for it's better for you to lose it than your whole body to go to hell. Oh, so here's the thing I want to end this, this, this teaching on. I want to end this teaching by giving you a very clear warning. The Great Commission does not excuse you because you're not a pastor, not a preacher, a teacher, evangelist. The Great Commission does not not excuse you because you're a stay-at-home mom. It does not excuse you because you're a carpenter or a blue-collar worker. It does, you're not excused. And, and if you've ever needed any kind of validation to go preach the gospel and to warn people of hell and to, and to tell them that there's a savior, I'll print you out an ordination. I'll print, I'll literally print it out. I'll mail it to your house if that's what you need so that you can take this excuse away. Your friends and your family members need to know that hell is real because, because if you can tell them about the reality of hell, they can understand the reality of heaven. Not because they're going to heaven, hear me, but because the God of heaven and earth comes to dwell inside of them through the Holy Spirit. I feel this now. And as the God of the universe through the Holy Spirit takes resonance in them, they bear witness of the kingdom of heaven. Come on. And it's so much better, so much better. So that's my teaching. That's, this is my teaching on hell. This is, this is the first installment on this teaching. I, I'm sweating. I'm literally pouring sweat right now because to acknowledge the reality of our sin and, our, and, and hell being real is to create an awareness of our need for Jesus. And I'm telling you this, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I, I don't want my family to go to hell. I don't want my friends to go to hell. I don't want the people in my neighborhood to go to hell. I want them to know that they have access through the finished work of Jesus Christ to go to heaven and to have life more abundantly on this side as well. Because Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and life more abundantly. Why? Because actually what happens is we say your kingdom come here on earth that is as it is in heaven. So I, I want heaven, I want the kingdom of God here on earth now, and then, I, and then we want to enter into the kingdom eternally. Can I get an amen? Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together. Every Monday, every Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or 
BreakthroughTeaching.com. You can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.